co-host Marley and Jana Buffy Jana Vaserka Jana Buffy Martin Vaserka Did you want to legally change your name to Buffy <laughs> Honestly I don't want to change my name to Buffy but Buffy is on my baby name list <laughs> Really Yes for any baby that I may have I will consider naming them Buffy <laughs> I think it's a fabulous name I she's like Buffy's also the name of Buffy St. Marie. Yes, yes. And she's absolutely. like a fucking goddess, legend, mm-hmm. divine yes. human. So there's also that Buffy, but this Buffy is also a goddess divine human to me. Mm-hmm. So it's on my list. And if I have a child, it will be a long time since the show came out. Mm-hmm. So my community will know Buffy, but I don't think the kid will be like, you're named after that, like, that, like, no, 90s show. Definitely not. It's too old of a show. Children today don't know anything no. about the past. No, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I think we think they do. We're like, how can you not know? And it yeah. has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with us. Well, and we didn't know anything but the exactly. past when we were that young. Yeah, exactly. Buffy's a great name, but it's a lot to put on a child. <laughs> <laughs> I know. To be the slayer. <laughs> I know, I know. Buffy would agree with you. <laughs> she would. She would. And she is very resentful of her title of Slayer uh, in this episode. Yes. Episode number five, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> this is my favorite episode so far. Yes, yes, yes. It's getting, we're getting there now. We're we're understanding who these people are. The, the issues are becoming more complicated. Mm-hmm. I find it's less, like, episodic. Yeah. Also, this is a really deep episode for Buffy. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah. You know, and when I heard the title, I was like, oh, haha, another kind of... Because the last couple have been sort of these uh, quite light, fluffy monster mm-hmm. of the week, dealing with, like, teenager issues, like, cheerleading and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, praying mantis teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or, like, not liking your teacher. Um, yeah. But this one was very funny and very scary. I was yes. scared. And yes. it was really freaky. What scared you? Oh, like, the main villain in the episode who doesn't have a name. He's basically the fake anointed. Yes. Um, he's the decoy. Yeah, he's, like, the decoy anointed. I loved him. Yeah. Uh, he was very scary. I have been judged. Yeah, it was so <laughs> scary. And so amazing. He did a wonderful performance. Yes. And the writing of that character is excellent. Yeah. It was so scary. Uh, and I loved it. It was very, it felt like out of a different show, like very Walking Dead, like these very demonic. Yes. Yeah. But deeply religious. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So really good. cool. So, so what's the sitch, Marmar? Tell us what happened in this episode. Okay. Well, last episode, we left... <laughs> Our um, heroes. <laughs> who knows? I can't remember. They ripped off uh, Praying Mantis's head, and all was well. They're like, what about the master? Who? I don't know. Maybe we'll see him. All was well, but the last shot of 
teacher's pet oh. was the eggs in the closet. Oh, yeah. Which is really funny to be like, here, here's this sort of cliffhanger that we're not going to revisit I, at all. I didn't think we would. <laughs> it's very, like, goosebumps to me. Yes. You know, like, which is of that era. Yes. And it's scary stories, and they always leave with a little button, like, yes. the monster's still out there. Yes. Here you go. Here's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't scary, so I was just... Stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode was scary, though. It got me. So they open in this episode uh, in the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Giles is talking about the anointed. He's talking about this new group of vampires. Oh, wait. We open actually. In the graveyard. Yeah, in the graveyard. Sorry. This is how they know. This is how they find the this ring how, yeah. when she slays Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a nice little fight. It's a great, for this Ooh, season, it's a pretty good fight, I'd oh, say. Oh, I thought she w- looked really good. And I yeah. was like, oh, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar knows how to use her body. Yes. I can't really quite tell sometimes when they're using stunt doubles and when they're using her, but mm-hmm. they have her face in it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, And she's very in it. She makes noises. You can hear her breathing. It, it does feel like it's quite organic. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel super imposed, yeah. which I really appreciate about the show and probably one of the reasons why, honestly, it's so successful yeah. is because Sarah Michelle Gellar does a lot of her own stuff. Of course, we know that she has a fabulous stunt double mm-hmm. who is amazing, but SMG does... A lot of it. Oh, yeah. And she's so young. So mm-hmm. it's, like, impressive. And fight choreography is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. And mm-hmm. she does a great job. Mm-hmm. And I love, <laughs> like, more and more loving, like, how girly she is when she fights. And there's not one hair out of place or one <laughs> bead of sweat when she's finished. She's always like, ah, well, saw that one coming. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> she's always punning. Yeah. <laughs> always punning. And then Giles pops up from the grave and he's like, sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> it should be plunge next vampire plunge <laughs> I know with his like book he's like terrible form uh, yeah. I guess it's okay uh, so and this episode is really about Giles and Buffy too yes um, yes this lovely relationship you're like what it's very complicated like this adult man with this I don't know if you knew an adult man was hanging out with your 16 year old daughter so much wouldn't you be like what the fuck although Joyce doesn't exist <laughs> right now so <laughs> no we like to say she's working late at the gallery <laughs> i coined this phrase when i was like 11 or something <laughs> i think even my mom helped me come up with it just joyce is working late at the gallery <laughs> <laughs> so funny every night uh <laughs> at the gallery so no joyce but lots of giles lots of jaws and buffy and figuring mm-hmm. out their relationship is it fatherly is it like mentory mm-hmm. is it like I is don't it know. personal? Is it like, personal? Yeah. Giles, this is the first time he really shares personal information with Buffy mm-hmm. about his own life. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. it. And that only came at the end of the episode when they went through this thing and, you know, he was vulnerable and, yeah. Yeah, he nearly died. Buffy saved his life. Yeah. He, kind of his um, sort of respect for what she does. Mm-hmm. And he sort of was reminded Marley just banged her elbow yeah. and you will sorry. sound the, you will hear the sounds of closet oh and she's frustrated I'm sorry she's in the middle of like I a know, deep I'm no. So <laughs> no 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 but but Giles is reminded that Buffy is stronger than him that he needs her mm-hmm. it's not just oh Buffy needs Giles Buffy needs Giles Giles needs Buffy yeah. Giles would be dead he'd be toast if Absolutely. it wasn't for her and I think he was reminded of that, and so he relaxed a little bit Mm -hmm. and put himself in her shoes and 
by doing so, ended up sharing this information with her that he was wanting to be a fighter pilot or maybe a grocer and yeah. ended up <laughs> being a, a watcher. Grocer. Um and and like it creates such a stronger trust between them. Like that because I mean they've only known each other like, I don't know, what, two months? Is that yeah, a month? I don't that know. Feels maybe right. since the first day of Buffy's first day of school. Mm-hmm. Which I think was the first day of school. Yeah, it was the first day of so. school. I think so, yeah. But just trusting each other and, and their judgments or, you know, if I say this is really serious, like it is really serious or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I just felt like their their relationship changed and it was really lovely. And mm-hmm. Buffy, like, seeing vulnerable and lovely, I don't know, emotions from her mm-hmm. and maturity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a really great episode. Mm-hmm. I also ate a pot cookie before I watched yeah! it. So, but it's making me love it even more. I, yes. Guarantee. It's opening your heart to to, <laughs> to Buffy and Angel. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> you like his white tank? Uh, always. Yeah. Well, not always. In the past two episodes only, but he's very dreamy and it's over the top dreamy. <laughs> so I mean, the main focus of this episode is it's Giles and Buffy, but it's also Owen and Buffy <laughs> um, because it's all about their relationship. <laughs> it's all about going on a date. Buffy just wants to go on a date. Yeah. That's the super objective of this whole episode is Absolutely. just I want to go on a date. And do a normal thing. Yeah. And with a cute boy yeah. who reads poetry. Who reads, em- who Emily, reads Emily Dickinson. Dickinson. <laughs> Dickinson. D- it's Dickinson, but she's like Emily Dick. Uh, Emily <laughs> Dickens. Dickens. And she's like, yeah, him, her too, or whatever. <laughs> and then Giles makes that great joke. But like, oh, she's, she's all right. And like Buffy's like, for a girl, he's like, for, for an American. American. <laughs> <laughs> Very Giles. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> also, that's an example of how the show loves to make fun of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, are we going to make fun of the girls? Yeah. Giles is like, no. Like, the whole show does that all the time. Mm-hmm. It does that all the time. It takes these sort of classic tropes mm-hmm. and goes, like, right to it. Right to it. And then just veers to the left or to the right at the last yeah. moment. Yeah. It's great. It's a little witty, like, haha. Very self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, like, in the library, they're talking about the anointed, and Giles is like, I must consult my books about this ring, uh, and he, they find out um, there's this, like, sect of a very religious vampires or whatever yeah. that are committed to bringing back this um, demon called mm-hmm. the anointed mm-hmm. who will kill the slayer. It's a prophecy, yeah. which the master is seen reading from his, like, tome. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it's amazing. The master is, I missed him. We haven't seen him for episodes now. And I missed him because he's a wonderful actor. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's great. It's so much drama he yes. brings to the show. And he's serious. He is like a priestly, yes. religious. He is like a, a priest of the devil. Yes. Converting people and speaking the prophecies. It's amazing. So... Here endeth the lesson, mm. which is the which is what he says at the end of his sort of speech at the beginning about uh, the followers of Aurelius, yes. who is the fellow who had this prophecy in the 12th century. Mm-hmm. In this episode, um, he says that the master says, "Here endeth the lesson." And when I first watched this series, there was I didn't have a computer. There was no internet in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really get a computer until honestly about season. four. Five of this show for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so 
So, but I remember hearing my grandmother talk about how when she went to church, she hated when they said, here endeth the lesson, because it comes from preachers and priests. I'm not exactly sure formally exactly what kind of leader they are, Mm -hmm. but in America, there is a huge section of religion the religious leadership that would end every single sermon with here endeth the lesson and it would be on TV. So remember when you would like scroll through, not scroll through, that is not the right terminology, <laughs> when you would like channel surf. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh my god, I said that like it was oh, channel surf. But it is old. I don't yeah. I don't I don't have any channels anymore. Uh-uh. So when you would channel surf and you would see those those sort of religious talks or yeah, those sort those of... Yeah, those like sermons. Yes, on Televised TV. sermons. Yes. Yeah. They would end with that. Here ended the lesson. Oh, wow. So Joss Whedon and the writers of this episode are saying something by having the most evil character say those words. Mm-hmm. They are taking that kind of pure, sort of powerful, religious, institutional phrase... And bastardizing it mm-hmm. by having the master be the one to speak it. And yeah. I remember thinking about that and it blowing my little 12-year-old mind. Because I come from a uh, person who could not be more anti-organized um, religion. Mm-hmm. Someone who's very deeply, my mother is very deeply spiritual and very empathetic to anyone's experience. But organized faith, organized religion... And the sort of institutions around that, Catholicism and the like, she is so suspicious of. Hmm. And and I remember watching this episode and her being like, yes, you can watch this show. <laughs> after, seeing, wow. after seeing the way that they portray religion, mm-hmm. which is that it's cult-like. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, this is, I don't want to alienate anybody because this is just my personal experience. Mm-hmm. But... But Joss Whedon is saying something about that sort of following mindlessly mm-hmm. these these very charismatic leaders, absolutely, who are teaching us all. Well, and yeah, that's it's exactly it's exactly mirroring yeah. like yeah, everyone should watch this movie about the Satanist temple in America. It's it's very interesting. It has a lot of this language in it because it is biblical language mm-hmm. that that is used about the devil, and it's I mean it's kind of wonderful to listen to it's it's captivating it's well what are demons yeah without it what are they Mm -hmm. without religion yeah they exist because they are not a part Mm -hmm. of that belief system that's why they exist yeah because they were used to explain evil and humans and human nature and they were used to shame us and make us scared yeah and all kinds of other things but in this show it's it is talking about how this old old evil is Mm. a devout and a successful strong strong force Mm -hmm. and i just love it so much yeah. So that's my speech about him. <laughs> about the master. I love him. I know. I know you would. You love his leather. You love his leather. Oh, his leather coat is, I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, spotless. It's like, I'm like, who's like oiling his coat for him? It's beautiful. Uh, it would crack from all heat down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's old. Yeah. He's like ancient. Where did he get this coat from? We know that the master is at least... Well, he's been locked in that Hellmouth sort of portal mm-hmm. for a very, very, very long time. 
since before the 12th century, yeah. because that's when this prophecy was made. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been locked down there for a long time. That jacket would be cracked. He's got some kind of voodoo tailor magic. Tailor, or like a yeah. t- <laughs> <the> tailor vampire. <laughs> I can just see him now, like, orating while someone's oiling his jacket. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what does he say? As it is written, so it shall be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I loved it. And I was, was like, right. I was like, I'm converted. I believe in you, the master. See, and that's the effect he's supposed to have on you. Yeah, it was great. You kind of root for him. I do. Yes. I'm like, yeah, fucking kill everyone. Yes, so satisfying. You, you totally do root for him and Buffy to have this final confrontation, which of course we're going to get oh, eventually. I cannot wait. I'm very invested in. A few of these characters now. Like, definitely the master I'm very invested in. Angel's got me more invested. Owen, not invested <laughs> in his story. But um, maybe probably never see him again, even though they said they would be friends. I know, but then he walked away. <laughs> yeah. And we all know that that language, yeah. spoken like in high school that just want to be friends, was a way of saying, I'll never see I'll you never again. I'll never talk to you again. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my experience. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry to all of the men and women I said I just want to be friends with. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Owen like, and Buffy are playing this high school game of yeah. sort of asking, may I see you later? I'm going to hang out later. Did you do this when you dated people? You're like, oh, maybe I'll see you. <laughs> Here's my watch. And Buffy's like, I forgot. I mean, all the clocks stopped working in my house and I didn't know what time it was or what day it was and then <laughs> Owen makes that great joke like oh I thought I was the only person that happened <laughs> and Xander checks his watch and it's a Tweety Bird watch <laughs> which killed me and then I also was like what is hanging in his locker there was like a picture of like a, a skeleton <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> I think you'd be friends with Xander and Willow. Uh, I do too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Xander is cool. Yeah. Um, he's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Willow's funny too. The two of them in this episode were really funny. I yeah. feel like they have are having a great little chemistry, friend chemistry right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really good together. And and also Willow has emerged as more resourceful and good under pressure. Yeah. And doesn't scare super easily. And is like always has something to like an idea of like what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was realizing as we were talking last week that one of the reasons why we get to know Xander quicker Mm. is because Buffy seems to be a pretty hetero woman Mm -hmm. or young woman. And Xander also seems to be a pretty hetero fellow. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why we see a bit more of Xander is because it's the natural thing in a show like this mm-hmm. to have this sort of friend zoning. Friend crush yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it makes great dramatic totally uh, tension and the pl- funny jokes. Like, he's always like... <laughs> Like, he took, when Owen came to pick up Buffy, Xander and Willow were being, like, her mom and dad. And, and he was like, don't uh, t- bring her home too late. And, and Buffy hates kissing. She, she hates being kissed. <laughs> but I'm realizing now that it's one of the opportunities we have had to get to know Xander is because of his love mm-hmm. for Buffy, his unrequited love so far for Buffy. And Willow, so far, hasn't, we haven't had that kind of 
nothing happened with Willow yet. We haven't had a romance. They've tried to sort of write it a little bit with her and Z- like yes. they have dropped little like I have a crush on Xander, like he never notices me. Yeah. <laughs> but it just doesn't really work and I don't think it's good. Like I think it would be better if they were just friends. Well, and that that also as we as we start to as Buffy starts to more and more put the boundaries up and say to Xander with her actions Mm -hmm. more than her words, like, we are friends. Yeah. And that is fabulous and that's what I want. Yeah. More and more, that eventually is going to start to change, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They have to do it. They have to. It's natural. Yeah. Um, Owen takes Buffy on a date to the bronze. Yes. Um, And this was after, so they tried to do a first date, but... Uh, it didn't work out because Buffy had to go sit at the graveyard with Giles. Well, her date conflicted with the prophecy night. Like, <laughs> like, what's a girl to do? Uh, yeah, and it sucked, but she had a great outfit on, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> I know. That's when I knew it was coming. I was like, oh my god, I love this thing. Yeah, it's great. Um, but then Buffy goes to the bronze and sees Cordelia dancing with Owen. Uh, <laughs> I know. And, like, grinding up on him. And Buffy, it's very sad. It brings me back to being heartbroken Mm -hmm. as a teen. Mm Because you really can feel all the emotions. It's incredibly upsetting, these things. Like, in a real, real way. Like, yes, it's funny now because we're older, but at the time, it's very painful. Well, when you're putting yourself out there and getting rejected on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like what being a teenager is like, you're... You're going after what you want or who you like and either getting it or not getting it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like it's happening like every weekend or maybe once a month mm-hmm. or, you know, it's happening a lot. Yeah. It's happening a lot. And it's new. It's new and people are careless and clumsy and awful to each other a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You, you really does transport you, doesn't it? And it's all you care about yes. in a lot of ways. So... It was cute, though. The date was cute. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, so they, like, hook up again the next night and, like, actually dance. And then Cordelia comes, and she's got crimped hair. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, crimped hair. And, like, hair. small crimp. Yeah. It was amazing. And like, I, I thought about my crimper. I had a crimper where you could change out the, like, for, yes. like, a straining iron, and then you could put the crimper piece in. That's that's what it was. That was no, that wasn't a crimp that you got from Sleeping in Braids. No, no, no. Uh, that that's, was... like, a hot cause a crimper, and I had one. It was very popular. I would love oh, it yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Oh, yeah. But I don't know where you can get those. Honestly, I, I have one. You do? I have one. Let's crimp our hair. I have one. It was always really hard to get to the roots. Do oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because and it's so big and blocky. It's huge. And it also is shitty and it catches your hair and just rips it out of yeah. your skull. It's like so shitty. Well, they're toys because no adult crimps their hair. No, so. it's for literal children. <laughs> That's why my mom bought it for me when I was like 13. <laughs> Loved crimping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the show brings me back. I love it. <laughs> um... So then, what happens? Oh, they have to go uh, to the to the funeral home. Yeah, <laughs> Angel and Willow and Xander mm-hmm. also go to the bronze to warn Buffy in their sort of funny code language. Because they're trying to page her on her <laughs> pink pager. <laughs> if the apocalypse uh, comes, beat me. Beat me. 
<laughs> and Jazz is like that thing, that pain, whatever. <laughs> the that device. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Giles has gotten himself into a pickle because he was like, okay, Bobby, you can go on your date and I'll just go to the graveyard alone because I'm Giles and I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And he sort of can. Like, I was like, oh, it's interesting to see Giles. Like, Buffy can obviously kick the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. But Giles knows about how, like, what wards off vampires. Mm-hmm. He had a cross ready, so mm-hmm. he warded them off. Like, he can, a normal human would just die. Yes. But he has tools to help him manage the vampires a little bit, you yes. know. He can avoid being killed for a time. Yeah. And that's because of his knowledge, of his knowledge of the lore and of the vampire sex mm-hmm. and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did get himself into a pickle in the funeral home. He did have to commune with a dead body. Yeah, he laid on a dead body in the oh. freezer. I was like, oh. it's, he's being very casual, but that would be quite horrific. Oh, yeah, that would be very traumatic. I feel like, I was like, what? Like, how could you? I know, add that to the list of things, like we talked about last week, that are traumatizing, but because the show, because the characters in the show are not traumatized, we are somehow not traumatized. I know, I was yeah. like, that's a dead body you were hiding in. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but love the new set of the funeral home. Yes. Uh, it was amazing. Like, fights in there are amazing. Like, it was so fun. Um, they go hide in the little office, and it's great, in, which is like a viewing room. The observation room. Yeah, which is where we see... The fake anointed one. The fake anointed. Who oh. does that great, like, head smash. And oh, just smash it was fucking amazing. It was very, like, Terminator. Yes. Oh, and he's like huge and ripped. And I was trying to see what his tattoos said. I couldn't really make them out, but no. I'm sure they were all religious. I'm yes. sure they were all scripture Bible quotes. Like that, I'm sure they were because he he was like, I have been judged. Yeah, like, I have been judged. <laughs> oh yeah, and and honestly, in that fight, in that sort of confrontation with. That character mm-hmm. with the vampire who were meant mm-hmm. the red herring, we can call him because yes. he's a very successful red herring. Oh, like, look over here. I believe it. He feels this powerful force within him. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, becoming a vampire for that character is actually makes a lot of sense. Yes. To who he was as a human. It's amazing. He's like the perfect vampire. Yes, he's perfect. Yeah. He's a lot like the master. Yes. They're very similar. That's because they were both quoting like scripture and like in like sermoning like he was on the bus and yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. To have both those actors do that in this episode was like that's why it's my favorite episode so far. Totally. But when Giles holds the cross up to him, mm. there's this great moment where he's like, Why why, why do you pain me yeah. or whatever? Yeah. So he that's a great moment of being of of thinking that it's God mm. that's moved through him, but this this vampire realizing that who he was before is no longer. Yeah, and that is a very subtle detail that the show they just really take care of the vampire lore mm-hmm. so well that even in moments like this, they remember who the characters were who turned into vampires, and they really. It makes the show a lot more believable, even though it is so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's things like that, yeah. attention to detail, that I think are one of the reasons why it's so successful and one of the reasons why this episode is so successful. Well, I'm, like, learning so much more and, like, in a lot of subtle ways about why vampires are and and who they are and why they do things. It's very, it's very cool. 
And it's all obviously thought out. It's like in the scripture. (laughs) They've got religion. They do. They have orders. They do. (laughs) So they're organized. That's right. Evil is organized. Yeah, some of them are. Um, But they have to be. They're not just mindless um, creatures running around. Like they're intelligent too. And devout. And and devout to the the devil. Yes. (laughs) Um. So we kill him. Uh, it's a great fight. Yeah. It's a great fight with Buffy. Um, it's the first time she's been, well, Luke overpowered her in the first yes. episode. But um, this guy's like really strong and he's yes. really scary and he's really powerful. Yeah. And he, and he, Buffy thinks that he kills Owen. And oh, that's why yeah. she's like, you killed my, my date. boyfriend. <laughs> you, killed, you killed my date. And and Giles is like, oh, he's okay. And Xander's like, no, no, no. She needs this fuel. Yeah, to this kill to kill yeah. this guy. Let yeah. her get angry. Totally. Because fighting for vampire slayers is comfort food. Like that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> and it like it like engages her in a way that is incredibly focused and powerful. Yeah. So. And, and then she incinerates him, and absolutely, he flies into the crematorium. <laughs> and has great. a great scream. Yeah. Oh yes. It's very like to the devil, to hell, yes. <laughs> like the fire. You're right, actually, to mm-hmm. burn this heretic. Yeah. This devout, definitely a person in crisis, definitely a person who's not well. Oh yeah. On that small, strange bus, turned into a vampire, but a very devout vampire who learns that. What is moving through him is not God. Yeah. To be burned, it's also good. Yeah, it's very good. He yeah. is a great one-off character. Yeah. My favorite. My favorite so far. And then the episode ends with with Buffy having that, that talk with Owen, where yeah. she really wants him to want her. She really wants him to continue the relationship. And then when she has that conversation and realizes that he was really excited by last night and doesn't mm. have any fear of it and maybe has a bit of a sort of a death wish mm-hmm. almost. That might be... No, I think that's true. He wanted to go to bars and get in fights, sort of like the, maybe the old authors that he used, that he likes to read yeah, about. Yeah, like, like they're so morbid, he said. Yes. Like he, he's attracted to yes. morbidness. This darkness. And, yeah. Yep. And this danger, and she realizes that that's not a safe way to live. Yeah. And that and he not, will die. And not the right person for her. Yeah. Kind of seriously thinking about, I guess, her responsibilities, but like maybe thinking like she could still find someone, but they would have to be the right someone and mm-hmm. someone who could integrate in her crazy life. Yeah. That, someone who's cautious. Yeah. And who understands what's at what's at stake. Jake. Which is hard, though. He doesn't really know what happened. Like, he didn't see... He was smashed in the head and conveniently was knocked out while Buffy was kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a little bit of, like, no, no, we can do it, but you, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but the message still gets across of Buffy um, coming to the realization that she can't use her calling to protect someone like Owen. Mm-hmm. She has to use it. Yeah, she can't she can't just do it to protect these people who want adventure. Yeah. It's for other reasons. It's Yeah, it's not fun no. or exciting. And there's a lot of sacrifice and hard decisions. Mm-hmm. And someone who has sort of the brain that Owen has may not see that. And like it became very serious because Giles almost died. Like yes. 
and lots of people have died in this show. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. But it matters if Giles dies. It really does. And then he, like, they're having this kind of vulnerable thing, and he shares that he was 10. I love this. I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> he was 10 when his dad told him that he would be a watcher, and his dad was the watcher before, and his uh, his dad's mother was the watcher before that, and... <laughs> At 10? Have you met a 10-year-old? <laughs> Can you imagine telling them that? No. You are the watcher. No, and that's like, grade five. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I don't, like, what is this? What is a watcher? Like, I I had a lot of questions about Giles before, but, like, now I have more questions. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is, like, an uh, inherited, like, genetic thing. Like, but what is a slayer? What I need to know the lore. <laughs> I need to read his books, yes. his tomes, because yes. that would be my impulse too to learn all the lore and. Yeah, you're you're a Giles. I love Giles. Yeah. I am him. I think. I yes, am his character. You are a watcher, and your daughter will be a watcher, and their child will be a watcher. Yeah, and your child will be the Slayer. I hope so. They'll have a short life, but it'll be fucking awesome. <laughs> Okay, I have to talk about Let's some do fashion. It. Some assembly Be required. required. Uh, because there was lots of wonderful fashion in yes. this episode. They even have a whole like fashion show in Buffy's room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is very funny. Oh, <laughs> I loved great. it. Uh, <laughs> um, so she has on in the first scene when she's talking to Owen, like a little teeny little like 60s mini dress. I yeah. was like, that her, a lot. Most of her dresses in this episode were teeny tiny. Yeah, uh, they're like go-go dancer. Yeah, dresses. they're all like go-go '60s kind of dresses with uh, go-go boots, mm-hmm. like these black boots, which she wears all the time. Mm-hmm. Fashion. Um, <laughs> I can't really quite see if she has squared toes, but I I suspect. I think she does because that's the '90s way. Yeah. Um, so she has like this little patterned mini dress and like a chignon. Yes. <laughs> Uh, a little like French roll. Yeah, very cute. But uh, a little, I don't know if you would do that in the 90s. I was like, eh, this is like an old person hairstyle. Yeah, they make Buffy's clothes feel like they're very 90s, but very her fresh. Hair, yeah, sometimes her hair is when weird. When it's up. Yeah. I know. That little twist that she has in her hair becomes iconic for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, I would believe it if it was like an um, alligator clip or something yeah. in there, or like a, but I don't know, chignon? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, uh, frosty orange lips, as always. Uh, we mentioned Cordelia's crimped hair. We did. Uh, she looked great. Um, and then I think the best episode or outfit of the episode was when she's waiting in the graveyard with Giles. And she's wearing, like, a fuzzy tiger print hoodie. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. It's, it's not fuzzy. It's, like, hair. It's, like, faux fur. Yes. Tiger. And it's a bit oversized. It looks so cute. I yeah. want that. What was the store in Southgate Mall that started with a Z that was like Zuzuzu or or like, <laughs> and it sold like it sold like rave clothes? Do you I remember? No, I never went to Southgate. I was a West Edmonton Mall girl. It was right beside San Francisco. If anyone is listening to this and remembers the Z store. store. <laughs> Can you get in touch? Get in touch. W- girls I went to school with, people I went to school with, 
used to buy like like trendy pajama pants <laughs> from there. Was it like Zamu? No, it wasn't Zamu. <laughs> I don't I know. Don't remember. I don't know what. There's this girl in high school. Her name was Danielle. She was really <laughs> beautiful. Uh, oh, uh, this was also junior high, and she would wear. She would shop there, and she would wear these like oversized pajama, like print pants from there. Danielle, if you're out there, where was Get this store? In yeah. <laughs> I wore pajamas all the time in high school. Yeah. I oh, always yeah. wear like huge pajama pants. It's so trendy. Yes. Weird. Yes. Horrible. <laughs> I know lots of flannel. Oh, yeah. Lots of flannel and huge pants and uh, studded choker yeah. and some nice black eyeliner. Yeah. But that was 2000, so this is like 90s. This is earlier. This is my junior high style. So with the with the little butterfly clips and frosty eyelashes and oh yeah, all um, that icing. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to in some later seasons some 2000s fashion because yes. that is totally different. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get there. <laughs> uh, Xander fashion. Uh, he had a polka dotty silk shirt. It was like silken. <laughs> when he had his locker, I was like, what kind of high school boy wears this like silk button up shirt to to high school? It's very weird. But they're trying to. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make him not like a t-shirt and jeans guy because so many guys only wear a t-shirt and jeans. So they had to make him a they little bit more. They have to cover up his muscle arms too. Yeah. And and like butt. He's always wearing like huge sweatpants. Yeah. Like it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. They're like dressing him in these like huge baggy clothes. It's very funny. They're they're making him unpopular by dressing him strangely. Yeah, he looks like a weird nerd. Like which when you learn more about Xander, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, I buy it. it. It's amazing. It's just fabulous because you're picking up on these cues that I didn't see when I was watching it. <laughs> but when I learned more about the characters, I remember feeling like, "Oh, Xander's wardrobe makes sense now." <laughs> Or, you know, Willow's wardrobe makes sense now. There's an episode coming up soon where something happens with Willow's... The Willow changes. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. And it was earth-shattering for me. Oh. And you're right. This fashion section is important. Because it's, it's really important. character-based. And they talk about it a lot in the show. Yes. Like, and so I... I must find out, I should, this is for research, this is for prophecy, um, the costume designers mm-hmm. for this show, and the, it, it's great. It, it's mm-hmm. really well thought out, um, which makes a great show to have the story integrated uh, and tell, showing you through their, their clothing. It's very important. Totally. Um, which is why I love looking at it every time. Okay, Tweety Bird Watch, I mentioned. Buffy also has another outfit. She's got huge pants on. They're like huge huge wide leg pants and then a little cropped like blue shiny like gymnastics top <laughs> yeah I was almost. like I was like is that what is she wearing it like, looks plastic it does look like a swimsuit material yeah um it's very weird but she's still look cute <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into her closet uh I was like why is Xander here it's kind of weird <laughs> I don't think I'd have my boyfriends over to help me pick an outfit out, but they had to have Xander there for some reason. (laughs) It's weird. Um, And Buffy's in a pink fluffy robe. It looks very comfy. I feel like you have 
I have all the robes. I know. I do. (laughs) But my apartment's too hot. Buffy must have air conditioning in Sunnydale because you can't wear that in Sunnydale. Yeah. But yes, I have that fluffy. She must. Everyone has air conditioning in California. I wonder if subconsciously the reason I like robes is also to do with Buffy. Is everything about me to do with Um, this show? Yes, I think so. Um, (laughs) Like, the more I'm watching this, the more I'm like, this is so weird. I never knew... About this before, <laughs> I think I knew theoretically, but it's <laughs> really bringing it to life. <laughs> um, so she pulls out a dress that she's worn before, the little cherry dress, yes. which is very cute. Also, like very Lolita, um, yes, and like this other like gold sparkle dress, and she calls them like once naive and one slutty they're like the same dress <laughs> uh, and xander slut shames her okay we'll talk about this and bewitched bothered him yes. but xander does the thing oh yeah uh, he absolutely does and owen he's got a t-shirt uh with a collared shirt over it with a jacket over that and the collar popped and he's got some frosted tips oh yeah a cleft chin. You can just like <laughs> feel that crunchy, those crunchy tips. Can't yeah. you? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so cute uh, back then. Uh, they're kind of back though. Yeah. Frosted tips yeah, are back. They are. Mushroom cuts are back. Yeah. Uh, I love them. Yeah. But um, Owen confused me. I kept being confused about his age because uh, <laughs> I was like, he looks sort of boyish. Okay. I was like trying to believe like that he was in high school, but then I'd be like, no, he kind of looks like a man. Like, he's got a he looks like a man. chin. I was like, he looks kind of old. Like, he's a man. Yeah, and I Googled the actor's name, uh, Christopher Weil, and, and he was 27 years old when he filmed this. So him and Xander are the same age? Uh, yeah. Um, and I guess, I don't know, Nicholas Brennan, I think, is a little younger feeling to mm-hmm. me than this guy. But, mm-hmm. but you know, he was cute. Yeah, he's cute fashion, cute frosted tips. Yeah. Um, we like Owen because he puts Cordelia, he, he speaks the truth to Cordelia. Yes. At certain points in the episode. Yeah. Not every time. But, you know, he's like, I'm here with Buffy. Kind of like, go away, Cordelia. Yeah. Cordelia's like, what is happening? Yeah, Cordelia's like, how could this happen to me? And then Angel comes in and she's like, oh, because she's like, I'm going to get with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cordelia. Gotta have her. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, I just want to mention Willow. She has two big braided pigtails. <laughs> she looks like a five-year-old, but they're actually quite cute, too. Yeah. Like, she's got lovely hair. Like, yeah. it's thick and long, and it's... I would do that if I had hair like that. Yeah. But she does look like a child, and she's got, like, striped shirt on. It's, like, primary colors, too. Like, blue, yellow, and red. Yeah. Long sleeve. And she has, like, such a weird outfit in the last scene. It's, like, a green turtleneck and, like, an orange jacket over top. Like, she looks like she's from this, like, straight out of the 60s. And then, like, an orange floral skirt. Like, it's kind of... The pieces are maybe cute, but they're very (laughs) weird together. It's jarring. Um... So Willow's fashion is confusing, but it's in her character, too. Yeah. She looks like a child. She looks like a weirdo. Yeah, she looks like a little weird child (laughs) with jumpers. The clothes are very good at telling me who is popular and who is a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Buffy is way more fashionable. Yes. 
Buffy is cool. Yeah. Even though she doesn't hang out really necessarily with like. The only reason cool Buffy is people. uncool is because Cordelia has decided. Yeah. That Buffy is competition. And Buffy chose to too. Yeah. Buffy was like, well, like that's right. You're mean. She rejected Cordelia. Yeah. So Cordelia so, is punishing her. And Buffy doesn't care about being cool. Like she cares about um, having friends and having having a boyfriend, but that whole thing had nothing to do with being cool. Yeah. Which is. Which is awesome. It's a it's totally a point in her in her I don't know scoreboard box yeah. as the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the saying, and that's my fashion. Uh, Giles, I didn't write anything about what he was wearing because who cares? Yeah, <laughs> we all know the story with Giles it's... until he starts wearing something different. <laughs> that'll tell us something, but no. Uh, skip You're, Giles. We'll be waiting a little while. For yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to talk about some bewitched, yeah, bothered, and bewildered? Because yeah. there was a few points in this episode. Oh yeah, that I thought of. Oh yeah, when when Cordelia and Buffy are are showing sort of like throwing down for Owen's attention, mm-hmm. and they fat shame each other. Yeah, it resorts to like weight uh, and Hi- Cordelia's hips are really wide. Yeah, like calling each other fat yes. as as the worst insult or yeah. to to make. Owen, not like the other one. Yes. So it's kind of gross. It yeah. Is. It's gross. It's and it's it's so reminiscent of my high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it also felt realistic to me in, and even Buffy before that says at the very beginning she says, "Does this dress make me oh, look yes. fat?" And yes. it's sort of a, like a funny punchline, but it was. I mean, it's prevalent when you're a teenager, mm-hmm. like the. The shame and the mm-hmm. and the body dysmorphia and all of those things. So it's totally realistic to have high school characters saying these things. Yes, and it often comes up when dating is involved. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it's it's too bad Buffy goes there. Oh, I know. And it's it is it is too because bad because Cordelia, like Cordelia, is supposed to be the mean one. I if she says these things, you're like, well, that's a shitty thing to say, and Cordelia is shitty. Yeah. So it makes sense. But it's too bad, like, Buffy, who's cool and, like, interesting, like, says that as yeah. as her insult. It, w- I would have loved if she said something else of that course. was insulting. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm thinking, too, about where and when this episode... So they're in California. Mm-hmm. They're in California. Yes. The land of, like, the beach body. Yes. Bullshit. Like, skinny, tan, yes. blonde... Which, which she is, like yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. But so many of those people who others other people look at them and think that they are perfection or whatever, mm-hmm. much of the time those people are among the most screwed up people. Yep. Yeah. So, but it feels, uh, those terrible things Buffy says, it feels very California mm-hmm. to me for the first time. In the other episode when it came to the cheerleading thing, it felt very... Like, oh, this is a very, very, very serious issue that Amy has with her mother and with her body. Yes. And totally. the, the fat phobia you brought up mm-hmm. and you talked a lot about on that episode felt like it was more, this this just felt like it was so casual. Yeah. Yeah, that it's just something anyone would say as like an insult. Yes. Yeah. It's insidious. Yes. yes. Whereas that one felt like it had more to do, it the show missed the mark, mm-hmm. but it had more to do with the show, the problem of the show. Being yeah, yeah. Accepted as a cheerleader, being accepted by your mom who was a cheerleader. It was like, oh, of course we're going to talk about skinny people yeah, and yeah. fat people. 
And this Mm -hmm. was, it was just so casual. It had nothing to do with anything, and it was just there to hurt. Yeah, it was like a cheap, it was a cheap insult. And you're totally right. Like, at least in the other episode, they're trying to engage with it, like, in some kind of critical way. Yeah. Maybe not how they would do it today, but but at least trying to engage with the subject matter in a a more thoughtful way. And this was just, yeah, like, thrown out there. Yeah. So it, yeah. Well, I'm gonna see. We're gonna see how much of it is in the show. It hasn't really been in the show very much, like the, the casual fat phobia. But, it, but in a lot of '90s shows, there's lots oh, yeah. of it. But it hasn't been too bad. Like it hasn't distracted me, and it didn't distract me from loving this episode. But I, I clocked it. Like, eh. absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The other one yeah. too I noticed was the was, and this is to an end. Like Xander mm. is using. Xander, Xander slut shames Buffy. Yeah. Uh, and makes her feel bad for wanting to look sexy. Mm-hmm. And make, sort of insinuates that she's going to get, if she dresses a certain way, she can expect to be treated a certain way. Yeah. He's slut shaming her. Yeah. He's like, uh, again, it's like the only way you know how to, I don't know, push buttons. Like it's like the things you say, like when you're trying to hurt someone or yes. like or make this point. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Buffy's like, like literally pays him no mind. Uh, yeah. But I'm like Xander, gross. Like, like yeah. fucking, it's none of your business. And he's doing it to control Buffy. He's doing it to discourage her from going on the date because yeah. he likes her and he feels threatened. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that comment, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at least like, it's terrible, but it makes sense for this high school guy to do this to his friend. Oh yeah. And, like, yeah, that stuff is, again, so prevalent prevalent yeah. in high school. And, like, who sleeps around and who's easy and who's, you know, it's yes. all the rumors. That's and right. Like, That's the word he uses, easy. Easy. Yes. Yeah. Like, ooh, it's very important in high school. I mean, it's what easy A is about, you know, the scarlet letter. And yeah. It's always been a thing in high schools. Like, I don't know if things are changing more now. I don't know what the kids are like. Hard but... to say. We'll have to, we might, we'll have to, as a guest, have someone younger than us. Have as a, a kid. We'll have to have a child and then do, and then rear them. And well, then I think we'll have to have, I'm like, <laughs> who's a kid? Isabel, I guess, is she's not a, a kid, but she's younger. She's younger. She's of the younger generation, and she's a huge Buffy fan. Yes. So she would be. Oh, yeah. A great fan. That's Jenna's totally sister. A, yeah. She's my Willow. Who's Dawn. Yes. I don't know who Dawn is, but I know Puffy has a sister. <laughs> Look on your face. If I could describe it, you were like, is this right? Is this right? I'm saying it's Dawn. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's You're, Michelle you right. Trachenberg. Um, you are right. It's obviously, obviously, Buffy doesn't have a sister yet in the... Uh, yeah. So I don't know what the fuck, um, but we're going to see. This is so interesting because I just know some things and I'm like, I have no idea how yeah. that happened. Or you're like, what? How can that happen? How can that happen? I guess I'll forget about it until later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just going to see when things happen. But in high school too, so it was bad to be a slut. It was also bad to be a prude. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was bad to or be like, anything. Or, like, if you didn't drink or, you know. Yeah. It was bad to be anything. Literally, oh, it's bad take, to be your, anything. take your pick. Yeah. You could, it was bad to be anything. And I also had friends who are good friends, who were good friends, who did this to me, slut shame yeah. me. It was just, like, it was almost a way of showing, it was so, it's so terrible. Yeah. But it's almost this way of showing care. Yeah. 
Like, you're like, I'm thinking about you and your reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in America, where there's, like, actually Mm. legitimately no sexual education. Yeah. For lots of people Mm -hmm. there, it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Oscar was telling me he was reading about a story where a group, a a bunch of parents um, found out their daughter was having sex and oh, this wasn't an American family, but this was this mm-hmm. was a family who found out that their kid was having sex, and in front of the whole family, made them eat from different cutlery and bowls oh, and different fuck. kind of things, so that no one would get their STDs. Holy shit! So that kind of shit, man. Like uh, that kind of shit is yeah. real. For oh people. yeah. I just can't believe it. It's not at all how I was brought up. I was my mother was yeah. It's just. It's so different than yeah. how I was brought up. So sometimes even the slut shamey stuff, I'm like, what? What is what? What is that? Yeah, what is that? I got it from my friends, but I really didn't get it at home. I also like because Vic was a very weird school, and mm-hmm. it was quite, I don't know, it was very progressive in so many ways that I didn't even realize at the time. So there was, it was, I don't know it. There, there wasn't too much slut-shaming because everyone was quite wild. There was a lot of wildness at the school because everyone was being very over-the-top with everything. And they're like, yeah, dress however you want. Wear a gas mask to school. <laughs> That's allowed. Like, <laughs> uh, So it was pretty weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, that the fact that you mentioned that feels like almost prophetic right I know, now. <laughs> but it's a strong memory I have is... The first day of grade six, I went to Vic. That's when I started there. And a big kid had a gas mask on and a top hat and, like, a cloak. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then that was just very normal at Vic because there was no such thing as dress code. There you go. And you were encouraged to wear pajamas or a top hat. Whatever you want, man. I love that. A big kid. That's how I used to describe yeah. it to the big girls yeah. and the little girls. Like I was among the little girls and the girls that were older, me, older than me were the big girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's so interesting. And there's not many schools where you are in elementary school and see grade 12s. Yeah, uh, totally. Because, yeah, Vic goes all the way, so. Totally. You're mixed up with a lot of older kids. Like, you're like a tiny, you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. So... That's all the bewitched, bothered, and bewildered yeah, that's for this all episode. I, I think. noticed too. Yeah. I mean, a couple notes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to it's good to point that out. It's good to Just talk break about it. Down. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because shows pack that. Yes, mm-hmm. and shows still like everyone's rewatching TV right now. People are rewatching Friends. Um, I was rewatching Frasier there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I was rewatching Seinfeld because yeah. I love it. People are rewatching Gilmore Girls. I mm-hmm. feel like to do this with the TV you love. Is really is really great. You also get to see how much you've changed. Mm-hmm. I get to see how much I've changed and how much more, either how much more I agree with this show, mm-hmm. and how I'm like, oh, that part of the show, if it was made now, wouldn't happen. No, yeah, it wouldn't happen. Exactly. It would have other problems, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's just interesting what you don't clock. Back, yeah, you know, at the time when you're watching something, and also in different stages of your life, you get something different from your shows like because yeah. you are experiencing the ages of different characters like especially in this show like we're closer in age to like Giles than Buffy maybe yeah yeah I think that's true so yes, yes. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I know don't think about it that's why I identify with Giles so much <laughs> oh my god 
I'm like, ah. I'm probably closer in age to Joyce. To Joyce, yes. Who is still working. Uh, where Joyce? Uh, <laughs> no parents. Willow and Xander have to be her substitute parents. Very bizarre. <laughs> But you know we're gonna we're gonna see her later. We are. Hmm. So did you have? Oh yes. A favorite line. I mean, it is here endeth the lesson for me. Ugh. And for longtime fans out there, you know who you are. You know here endeth the lesson continues on, and you know that it goes through a fabulous journey. <laughs> so I'll, that's all I'll say because Marley's here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so endeth the lesson. So here endeth the lesson. And what was yours? Um, mine actually, I had a few things I wrote down, but I'm gonna say it's hello, salty goodness. Oh my god, Cordelia! When she sees, when she sees Angel, Angel, she's like, hello, salty goodness. I was like, oh, oh yeah, woo. <laughs> oh yeah. Cordelia has some amazing lines, and boy, can Charisma Carpenter deliver them. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's great. And Angel, I mean, he just comes in and is, like, so smoldery. Like, his eyes couldn't get any squintier. He's like, like. You pointed this out, but the shot between Buffy talking to Owen uh-huh. and how in the foreground, is it the foreground? No, the, the background. background. The background is sort of Angel's blurry yeah, figure. Yeah, just, like, right in between them. Like. Yeah. And, like, obviously that shot is very on purpose. Oh, yeah. It is so funny it's so funny yeah. when angel comes it's a very funny little love triangle yes um but buffy's like hi angel and like he's like i needed to see you or whatever she's like you did and he's, he's like, like yeah you. you need to and then he says he knows her from work <laughs> <laughs> which i'm like oh interesting does he consider this his work that is a really interesting i don't know excuse. i'm like who the, who is he I still don't know anything about him. I find out more about Giles. I find out more about everyone. I don't know a single thing about Angel. Yeah, he's just around. But he is hot. Yeah, he's hot. But he's a man. Yes, he's a man. It's creepy. Yes. Well, I mean, it's hot, but you know, it's kind of creepy. So we Which figured can out that be hot, I guess. <laughs> we figured out that Buffy is in grade ten or grade eleven. Uh, she says she's a because oh, because high she's school a, starts. She's a. Uh, junior. Wait, no, she's a fresh. No, wait, she's a sophomore. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, she's a sophomore. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So a sophomore is grade ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that grade ten. Think of yourself in grade ten. Like yeah. grade ten is not the thing. <laughs> no. Uh, but you're doing you're very it. Young. You are doing it though. Mm-hmm. There's many of us who are doing it in grade ten. I was doing Ooh. it in grade ten. <laughs> I was doing it. Oh, uh, grade eleven for me, please. Oh. I oh. waited. I was pure. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, but there were things being done. <laughs> it wasn't any good. It wasn't any good to like grade twelve. <laughs> but but I was doing it. And I was doing it with everybody who I was easy. <laughs> Wow, uh, careful of your reputation, Jenna. Oh, my reputation. Uh, well, I I love Angel, and I can't wait to see more of him. Oh, um, my cat is trying to get... She has escaped from the top floor of my house, and she's trying to get into a recording studio. Because it's a blanket fort, and what cat wouldn't want to? My cat is always trying to get in here. She's like, why won't you let me play in that playground? Well, Citra, I'm going to let you in here and say, here endeth the podcast episode. Thank you for listening to my best Best friend thinks she's Buffy!
Arg. Grr. Grr. Arg. 